ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So continuing with the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi, we've now reached the hadith, the famous hadith of Abu Najih al-Irbad ibn Sariyah, رضي الله عنه قال وَعَذَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مَوْعِضَةً وَجِلَتْ مِنْهَا الْقُلُوبَ وَظَرَفَتْ مِنْهَا الْعُيُونَ فَقُلْنَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ كأنها موعظة مودع فأوصنا قال أوصيكم بتقوى الله عز وجل والسمع والطاعة وإن تأمر عليكم عبد حبشي فإنه من يعش منكم فسير اختلافا كثيرا فعليكم بسنتي وسنة الخلفاء الراشدين المهديين عضوا عليها بالنواجذ وإياكم ومحدثات الأمور فإن كل محدثة بدعة وإن كل بدعة ضلالة In this hadith the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said or rather العرباد بن سارية the companion, radiallahu anhu, said that the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, gave us an admonition. He gave us an admonition such that the hearts, they trembled, and the eyes, they shed tears. That the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, gave us an admonition. He spoke to us. He gave us a khutbah, and it was such that the hearts, they trembled, and the eyes, they shed tears. So we said, O Messenger of Allah, it's as if this admonition is like the admonition of someone who is saying farewell. فَأَوْسِنَا So advise us and counsel us if this is a farewell admonition, قال, so the messenger of Allah said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, أُوسِيكُمْ بِتَقْوَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ I counsel you, I advise you with the taqwa of Allah, to have the taqwa of Allah, and to hear and obey. Even if it is an Ethiopian slave that overcomes the authority upon you. For indeed, whomsoever from you lives, then you will see much differing. So upon you is my sunnah and the sunnah of Al-Khulafa Al-Rashidun. 
the rightly guided caliphs bite unto it with the molar teeth and be warned from the newly invented affairs. For indeed every newly invented affair is an innovation and all of that is misguidance. Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala says regarding this narration, هَذَا حَدِيثٌ عَظِيمٌ وَعَذَا فِيهِ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَصْحَابَهُ مَوْعِظَةً بَلِيغَةً This is a great hadith in which the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he admonished his companions with a great admonishment. Al-wa'ad, al-matloob, the type of admonition that is required. وَالتَّذْكِيرُ billah, And to remind, to remind you of Allah. وَالتَّذْكِيرُ بِالْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ وَالْبَعْثِ وَالنُّشُورِ Matloob. And reminding about paradise and reminding about the hell and reminding about the resurrection reminding about all of these types of affairs is something that is required to be reminded of these types of affairs and the Quran itself is a great admonition the Qur'an itself, for the one who reads it and ponders over it, then it is a great admonition. Qala ta'ala wa'idhum. Allah said in the Qur'an in Surah An-Nisa, and admonish them, admonish them. Falwa'adu matloob. So admonishing the people and reminding the people, that is something that is required and something which is good to do. خِلَافًا لِلَّذِينَ الْآنَ يُهَوِّنُونَ مِنْ شَأْنِ الْوَعْضِ And this is in opposition to some people now who claim that doing reminders, these types of gatherings where you do some reminders about Allah, about the paradise, about hell, they say there's no benefit to these things or they belittle these types of reminders. That is false. The belittlement of these reminders is false. وَمِن شَأْنِ ذِكْرِ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ وَالْقِيَامِ وَالْحَشَرِ يَهَوِّنُونَ مِنْ هَذِي الْأُمُورِ All of these affairs about paradise and hell and resurrection, they belittle them. They belittle them as if there is no value to talking about these things and reminding ourselves of these things. And the reality is, there is a great benefit to reminding ourselves of these affairs and speaking about them. وَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنَ الْأَئِمَّةِ وَالْخُطَبَاءِ الَّذِينَ يَعِذُونَ النَّاسِ Some of these people of misguidance, they may even mock the khatib or the imams or those who are giving lectures. They may even mock them saying they waste their time talking about these things. They waste their time talking about the fire and the paradise and reminding and doing these reminders. They belittle this affair. هَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَى نِفَاقِهِمْ وَعَلَى كِرَاهِيَّتِهِمْ لِلْحَقِّ This is an evidence upon their hypocrisy and their hatred for the truth. The ones who come along and they belittle 
this affair of gathering for reminders of knowledge of this religion, reminding you of Allah, reminding you of paradise, of hell, of resurrection, of these types of affairs, affairs that are in the Qur'an, in the sunnah, reminding of these types of affairs, they dislike it, and that shows a sign upon their hypocrisy. That they dislike to sit in the gatherings where Allah is being mentioned, and where the paradise and the hell and the Qur'an and resurrection, all of these affairs are being mentioned, they dislike that. So that is a sign upon the hypocrisy. وَعَلَىٰ قِسْوَةِ قُلُوبِهِمْ And it's a sign upon the hardness of their hearts, that their hearts have become hardened. You sit there and you gather upon the remembrance of Allah, and their hearts have become hardened, they don't like that, they belittle that. You sit there to do a reminder regarding paradise and hell, and their hearts have become hardened, so they dislike to hear those affairs. So it's as if their hearts, they have become hardened. قَالَ تَعَالَى فَمَا لَهُمْ عَنِ التَّذْكِرَةِ مُعْرِضِينَ فَمَا لَهُمْ عَنِ التَّذْكِرَةِ مُعْرِضِينَ كَأَنَّهُمْ حُمُرٌ مُسْتَنْفِرَةِ فَرَّتْ مِنْ قَسْوَرَةِ in Surah Al-Muddathir, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks regarding this affair and mentions about this topic or this subject that we mentioned about how they dislike to hear that remembrance. Then the Prophet ﷺ, or rather Al-Irbad ibn Sariyah, the companion, he mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ gave us a maw'idah, he gave us an admonition, a reminder وَجِلَتْ مِنْهَا الْقُلُوبَ That the hearts, they trembled, that they were upon fear, on hearing this reminder. وَذَرَفَتْ مِنْهَا الْعُيُونَ And their eyes were shedding tears, upon hearing this great reminder and admonition. And that indicates the perfection of how the Prophet ﷺ would speak. The perfection of how he gave those admonitions that it caused such an effect in the people. That the speech of the Prophet ﷺ, this admonition, this reminder, it impacted upon the people. And their hearts, they trembled and they feared. And their eyes, they shed tears. وَفِي هَذَا بَيَانٌ لِمَا كَانَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّحَابَةِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ مِنْ قَبُولِ الْوَعْضِ وَالتَّأَثُّرِ بِهِ and this also shows the righteousness and the goodness that the companions were upon. For when they heard this reminder, then they felt an impact from it. They were affected by this reminder. The reminder regarding Allah, the reminder regarding the affairs of this religion. It impacted upon them and it affected them. And that is different to people now who listen to the reminder, they listen to that which is from the religion, yet it has no impact upon them, and it has no effect within them. Rather the companions, they were affected by this, and there was an impact upon them, upon this, via this. As for the people who are not impacted by that, by the reminders, then it's as if their hearts have hardened. The reminders, they come, regarding the ayat of Allah, the sunnah of the Prophet 
the revelation and yet they feel no impact and no effect, then it's as if their hearts have become hardened to that. As for the one who is impacted, then that shows that his heart is upon the goodness. Shows that his heart is upon the goodness that he is impacted. And he has an effect, he is affected by the reminders. قال, so then he said, the companion, Al-Arbaad ibn Sariyah, anhu. He said that we said, the companions, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, كَأَنَّهَا مَوْعِذَةُ مَوَدِّعُ It's as if this reminder you're giving us, it seems like it's a farewell type of reminder. Meaning that you are going to depart from us soon. It feels like you're going to depart from us. And it's a farewell type of speech. That's what it feels like. That's what it appears like. So they said, فَأَوْسِنَا So in that case, give us advice and counsel us. If it's the case that this is a type of reminder that is a farewell reminder, and that you're going to depart from us, that was the meaning. Then in that case, give us advice and counsel us in this reminder. So then the Prophet ﷺ gave them the reminder. And he said to them at the very beginning, the opening affair that he reminded them with, أُوسِيكُمْ بِتَقْوَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ He said, I counsel you and I advise you regarding having taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what is taqwa then? What is this great advice and this great admonition that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave us regarding having this taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Then what is taqwa? Taqwa, as Shaykh al-Fawzan, he mentions is, Taqwa Allah bifi'li al-awamir wa tarki al-nawahi raja'an li thawabihi wa khawfan min iqabihi. It is the taqwa. It is that you fulfill the commandments that Allah has placed upon you. You fulfill the commandments that Allah has placed upon you, desiring the reward of Allah. You fulfill the commandments that Allah has placed upon you, desiring the reward of Allah. And you abstain and refrain and stay away from the prohibitions fearing the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is taqwa. That is a definition regarding taqwa. That you fulfill the commandments of Allah, desiring the reward of Allah. And you refrain from and stay away from the disobedience and the sinning, fearing the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when a person thinks about that, that this is the reality of taqwa. This is who the muttaqi is. The muttaqeen, al-muttaqoon. The ones who fulfill the commandments of Allah, desiring the reward of Allah. And they stay away from the prohibitions, whatsoever those prohibitions may be, 
fearing the punishment of Allah. For indeed every single act you do is recorded. The angels, they are there recording all of that which you do. So a person remembers this and takes this admonition regarding the taqwa of Allah. The second advice that the Prophet ﷺ gave them, As-sam'u wa ta'ah, hearing and obeying. Hearing and obeying who? Wulatul umur, those who are in authority over you, the leaders, the leaders of the countries, the leaders are upon authority. So those who have the authority over you, then to hear and to obey. Because within hearing and obeying the rulers, there is a unification of the Muslims. There is a unification. لِأَنَّهُ فِي هَذَا جَمْعُ الْكَلِمَةِ وَفِيهِ مَصَالِحُ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ And within that, in hearing and obeying the rulers, not rebelling, and not fighting, and not looting and killing, but to hear and obey. Of course, not in that which is in opposition to the religion, but from that which is in, from the religion, then to hear and to obey. And that brings about the unity, and it brings about the benefits for this world, and for the hereafter. It brings about safety and security in this world. And it brings about the goodness for you in the hereafter. إِذَا اجْتَمَعَتِ الْكَلِمَةِ عَلَىٰ إِمَامٍ مِنْ أَئِمَّةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَقَادَهُمْ فَإِنَّ هَذَا يَحْصُلُ فِيهِ الْخَيْرُ كُلُّهُ If the unification of the Muslims occurs upon that ruler, upon the leader from the Muslims, and then he, that leader, he guides them and he rules over them, then within that there can be much goodness. All goodness can come from that. وَيَحْسُلُ تَفَرُّقُ And that brings about the unity, and it stops the splitting. وَيَحْسُلُ فِيهِ تَنْفِيذُ الْحُدُودِ عَلَى الْعُسَاتِ وَيَحْسُلُ فِيهِ الْأَمْرُ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَنَهِيَ الْمُنْكَرِ And the enjoining of the good and the forbidding of the evil can be carried out. And the establishment of the Islamic punishments can be carried out. And the judgments and the rulings can be carried out between the people accurately and properly within that rulership under that ruler. So there are many benefits, many good things that come from that. And this is what has been mentioned for us to hear and obey the rulers. Not to be like those al-ikhwan al-muslimun and their likes and the khawarij out there rebelling and fighting and looting and killing and spilling the blood of the Muslims. That is not the way of Ahlul Sunnah. Rather we hear and we obey the rulers in accordance to what the Prophet ﷺ told us. And that is, لَا طَاعَةَ لِمَخْلُوقٍ فِي مَعْصِيَةِ اللَّهِ That there is no obedience to anyone in creation, if that means the disobedience to Allah. 
So if the ruler commands you with that which is disobedience, then that's a different affair. But the ruler, if he commands with that which is obedience, and it is from the religion, then you unite upon that and you follow that and you obey. That is what's meant here. لَكِنْ لَا يَنْحَلُّ أَمْرُهُ بَلْ لَا يُطَاعُ فِي هَذِي الْمَعْصِيَةِ وَيُطَاعُ فِي غَيْرِهَا مِنَ الْمَعْرُوفِ So if it is a sin, then he is not obeyed upon the sin. But upon the goodness and the righteousness, then you unite with the rulers and you hear and you obey. Then the Prophet ﷺ highlighted this example even further. And he said, وَإِن تَأَمَّرَ عَلَيْكُمْ عَبَدٌ حَبَشِيًّا And even if an Abyssinian slave, even if an Abyssinian slave, he takes the authority over you. And this is to give an example. Meaning, do not belittle the ruler whomsoever he may be. Even if that was an Abyssinian slave, he is ruling you upon righteousness and upon goodness, then you hear and you obey in accordance to the obedience of Allah. If he is a Muslim ruler, even if he was an Abyssinian slave, then that's what's meant here, you still hear and obey the Muslim ruler. Not to consider yourself superior and to belittle him and not to listen and obey. Rather you hear and you obey. And we've done that in a previous hadith. The hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, This religion, it is sincerity, purity, advice. They said, to who, O Messenger of Allah? And so the Prophet ﷺ said, what? First though, what was first? To Allah, lillahi, wa li rasulihi, to the Messenger ﷺ, wa li kitabihi, to the Qur'an, wa li a'immatil muslimina, and to those who are in authority over the Muslims, the leaders, and لعامتهم, the common folk also. To have that sincerity and unity amongst the Muslims in that way. The third advice that the Prophet ﷺ gave them here is فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ يَعِشْ مِنْكُمْ فَسَيَرَ اخْتَلَافًا كَثِيرًا فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِينَ the third advice that was given was with regards to clinging on to the sunnah. Because the Prophet wasallam said to them, Whomsoever lives from you, then you will see much differing. So what do you do when you see this differing? Cling on to the sunnah. Follow the sunnah. And never let go of that sunnah. Because there will be differing. Just as the Prophet ﷺ said in the narration, هَذِهِ الْأُمَّ سَتَفْتَرِقُ إِلَىٰ ثَلَاثٍ وَسَبْغِينَ فِرْقَةٍ That this ummah will split into 73 sects. And they will be all in the fire, إِلَّا wahida, 
كلها في النار إلا واحدة. All of those sects will be in the fire except one. قالوا من هي يا رسول الله أو من هم يا رسول الله. They asked the messenger of Allah, who are they? That one saved sect. And he said, صلى الله عليه وسلم, ما أنا عليه وأصحاب اليوم. That which I am upon and my companions are upon today. So this hadith shows that the sects, they will appear. The sects will appear and they will be misguided to different levels of misguidance. When that occurs and the people, they come with their opinions and they come with their academics and they come with all types of different ideas and suggestions and opinions that are not from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And they are not established in proof or principles. And it is of useless speech from them. Their own opinions as the shaykh mentions here. They have all types of different opinions. And different statements. And different types of actions. So what's the cure to all of that? When you see this type of differing. العلاج التمسك بالسنة The cure is to cling to the sunnah Just as Allah mentioned in the Quran فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولَ And if you differ over anything Then return it back to Allah and the Messenger the Sheikh says, here is where you find a problem. That the people do not return the affairs back to Allah and the Messenger. They do not return the affairs back to the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Instead, they return the affairs back to their own intellects and to their own opinions and to their own emotions. And as a consequence of that, they give precedence to those other affairs over the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and the differing it occurs, and the splitting it occurs. Whereas if you see the books of Ahl Sunnah, then you find that they speak about the unity, the jama'ah. Al-Imam al-Barbahari in the beginning, he mentioned, لُزُومُ الْجَمَاعَةِ وَمِنَ السُنَّةِ لُزُومُ الْجَمَاعَةِ from the sunnah is to cling on to the jama'ah. Who are the jama'ah? Sheikh Rabi'ah, Hafizahullah Ta'ala mentioned, they are Ahlul Haq. They are the people of truth. Aqeedatan wa manhajan wa amalan wajtima'an alayha. They are the people of truth in aqeedah, in manhaj, in their actions, unifying upon that. That is what's required of the believers. To be united upon the way of Ahlul Sunnah. To be the Jama'ah. And at the head of that are the companions. So here we see that the people who split away from that, then this differing will occur. So the Prophet ﷺ said, when this differing occurs, then cling on to the Sunnah. That will be your Savior. You see all of these sects and all of these people and doing different things. Cling on to the sunnah that the Prophet has left behind. The sunnah of Al-Khulafa Al-Rashidun also. As the Prophet said, Inni tarikun fikum shay'ain 
أو ما إن تمسكتم به لن تضلوا كتاب الله وسنتي that I am leaving behind two things if you stick to them you'll not go astray the book of Allah and my sunnah that is the reference point the book of Allah and the sunnah not the opinions of men or their emotions not the intellects or the academics rather the Quran and the sunnah is the reference point So the Prophet ﷺ said, عَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي Upon you is my sunnah. And this is a command from the Prophet ﷺ for us to stick to the sunnah. أَيْ إِلْزَمُ السُنَّةِ Stick to the sunnah. وَالْمُرَادُ بِسُنَّةِ الرَّسُولِ And what's the meaning of the sunnah? That is the way of the Prophet ﷺ. That which he was upon in terms of his aqidah, in terms of the belief, the actions, the guidance, the manners, in terms of all of those affairs, to cling on to the way of the Prophet ﷺ. So when the Prophet ﷺ said, Alaykum bi sunnati, meaning upon you is to stick to my pathway, stick to my methodology, stick to my way. That's because Allah mentioned in the Quran that the Prophet ﷺ is an example for us. To stick on to and cling on to and follow that way. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا That indeed there is a great example for you in the Messenger of Allah. And then the Prophet ﷺ also added to that, and the sunnah of the khulafa. الخلفاء الراشدون And they are Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali رضي الله عنهم they are al-khulafa' al-rashidun. فَمَا كَانُوا عَلَيْهِ وَمَا عَمِلُوا بِهِ فَإِنَّهُ مِنْ سُنَّةِ الرَّسُولِ Sallam. As Shaykh al-Fawzan says here, so that which the companions, the khulafa' al-khulafa' al-rashidun did, that which they did is from the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. They, their actions, what they were upon, is the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah that we cling on to also. So they are the reference point after the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So you look to see what the Khulafa, Al-Khulafa Al-Rashidun were upon, and you take from that. The Prophet ﷺ said, stick on to that. Cling on to that. فَعِنْدَ الْإِخْتِلَافِ تَقَعُ الْأُمَّةِ فِي خَطَرٍ عَظِيمٍ because when the differing it occurs, the people will be in great danger. وَلَا يُنْجِيهَا إِلَّا أَن تَتَمَسَّكَ بِسُنَّةِ الرَّسُولِ And there will nothing save you. Nothing will save you from that time of differing and different sects and opinions and beliefs. Except that you stick and cling to the sunnah. That is the rope that will save you. تَمَسَّكُوا بِهَا وَعَضُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذِ the Prophet said, stick to it and bite onto it with your mawla teeth. Bite onto it with your mawla teeth. Cling onto it. That's the example given to that level. This is to emphasize how important it is for you to stick to that sunnah. Bite onto it with your mawla teeth and don't let go. Cling to that and stick to that sunnah. During the times of fitan and differing, 
then that clinging to the sunnah and sticking to it is what will save you. فَإِنَّ بِهَا الْعِسْمَةِ That's where you have your safeguard. وَالنَّجَاةِ And savior, salvation. لِمَنْ تَمَسَّكَ بِهَا For the one who clings on to it. وَتَرَكَ مَا عَلَيْهِ الْمُخَالِفُ لِسُنَّةِ And you leave that which the people of opposition are upon. Those who are opposing the sunnah and opposing the way. Then you leave that. مَهْمَا كَانَ هَذَا الشَّخْصِ أَوِ الْمُخَالِفِ Whoever that person may be. A person opposes the Qur'an and the sunnah. Then you leave that and you do not care of that. Whoever that person may be. You do not follow the people upon misguidance. You do not acknowledge and affirm the misguidance. So whomsoever the misguidance it comes from or the opposition it comes from, then you leave that. Then the Prophet ﷺ concluded at the end by saying, وَإِيَّاكُمْ And be warned, مُحْدَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ From the newly invented affairs. Be warned from the newly invented affairs, i.e. مَا لَيْسَ لَهُ أَصْلٌ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَلَا سُنَّةِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ Something which has no basis in the Qur'an or the Sunnah. Something which has no basis in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدَّ Whomsoever innovates into this affair of ours, that which is not from it. Whoever innovates into our religion, that which is not from it then it will be rejected, i.e. thrown back onto that person. And similarly in another hadith, مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ رَدَّ Whomsoever does an action, which is not from our actions, not from the actions of the revelation of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, not from the actions of Islam, then that person's action will be rejected. So every newly invented affair, the Prophet ﷺ said, is a bid'ah. كُلُّ مُحْدَثَةٍ bid'ah. Every newly invented affair is an innovation. أَمَّا مَا أُحْدِثَ فِي أُمُورِ الدُّنْيَا And this is where the Shaykh then explains what that means. The newly invented affairs, there's two issues here. Newly invented affairs within the religion, and newly invented affairs outside of the religion. As for the newly invented affairs in the religion, different types of worship that have been invented, that were not in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, not from the practice of the Prophet ﷺ, not from the practice of the Sahaba, then you must abandon those types of practices, and it is haram to practice them. As for the newly invented affairs in the worldly issues, and they are permissible. Cause, they did not have cause in those days. But that is an innovation with regards to technology and the worldly affairs. So use the car, there's no harm. They've invented different types of tables and microphones and phones and all types of things. Permissible to use them. Even though they are innovations, they are innovations. But not religious innovations, they are innovative technology. Innovations in technology and development. Those types of affairs, you're permissible to use them. It's a mistake and a misguidance 
from the likes of Hamza Yusuf and those people who tell you that using an alarm clock to wake you up for Fajr is a bid'ah. Some of them they make statements like that. Some of them they make statements like that. They say using an alarm clock to wake up for Fajr is a bid'ah. This type of statement is incorrect. When it is a religious affair, making up some new worship, like celebrating the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ, yes, innovation, bid'ah, impermissible. As for using a car or using an alarm clock or using a mobile phone, they are from the worldly affairs and it is permissible to use the technology. You want to ride in an aeroplane, it's permissible. Riding in the car, it's permissible. That would be a nonsense for a person to come along and say those types are the innovations that are being talked about here. Those are not the innovations being talked about here. The innovations being talked about here are the religious affairs, bringing about new affairs into the religion. Because the religion, it's not possible to bring about new affairs. The religion is complete. It is complete. And that is the greatest evidence that you can't bring about anything new. That is from the greatest of the evidence. Allah said, Al-Yawma akmaltu lakum dinakum." On this day, I have completed your religion. Allah tells you the religion is complete. Allah has completed the religion. So upon what mentality do people come along now and say, we know that, for example, they never used to celebrate the birthday, but we're just doing it to show our love for the Prophet Have they not read the ayah? The religion is finished, it's complete. There's nothing new you can do now to show your love. Do what you've been commanded to do to show your love. The religion is complete. Allah tells you in the Quran. So there's no possibility of bringing about any innovations into the religion. Because the Prophet ﷺ said at the end, وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالًا Because every innovation is a misguidance. All types of innovation in the religion, those affairs, they are misguidance. They are misguidance. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, كُلُّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالًا Every newly invented affair is an innovation. And every innovation is a misguidance. So don't be fooled by the statements of the people. This is a good innovation. Bid'ah hasana. And they abuse this term. And they deceive you with this term. To say that this is bid'ah hasana. You're allowed to do it. Rather bid'ah in the religion. Newly invented affairs. Then they are all evil. And that is not something you should be deceived by. People telling you this is a bid'ah hasana celebrating the birthday and other affairs. So the Shaykh concludes by saying, هذا حديث عظيم. This is a great hadith. يشتمل على وصايا عظيمة. It incorporates great advices. من تمسك بها فإنه ينجو من الفتن. Whomsoever clings on to the advices of this hadith, then he will save himself from the trials and tribulations and from the dangers and from the misguidance and the splitting and the opinions and all of those types of emotions and ideologies. You'll protect yourself from those affairs. The one who implements and practices this advice of the Prophet ﷺ. And this is from the blessing of Allah, the Shaykh says, that Allah clarified to you the straight path. Allah sent the guidance and clarified to you the path. So cling on to that pathway. Cling on to that pathway that Allah has blessed you with in understanding and recognizing. Show the gratitude to Allah by sticking to that and obeying. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for those who leave that, then they wander around and they fall about in terms of their opinions and emotions and intellects and all types of affairs that oppose the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So that is where the Shaykh concludes in giving a brief commentary on this particular hadith regarding the advice of the Prophet ﷺ, where the companions, they sought this advice. This is what the Prophet ﷺ mentioned to them. So we'll conclude upon that hadith today. And inshaAllah ta'ala, we'll begin with the new hadith next week. Also, we should remind you, for those who haven't got the book, you should try to get the book. It's available in Arabic for those who speak Arabic. And if you don't speak Arabic, there are English translations available of this book that we're doing. So if you have the English translation, you can read up in advance even before you come to the lesson. So you have some background. Or you can go home and read it to revise the lesson that we've just done. So it's useful to have the book. And it's very important to have the book. That's where the serious seeking of knowledge comes. You have the book and you make your notes. So this book is available. And if you're going to spend your wealth on all types of other affairs, the most suitable thing to spend your wealth on is upon this knowledge. Spend the five pounds or the ten pounds buying the book rather than buying a new shirt. This is what's suitable and this is what should be done. So everybody should get the book. Find out the translations and the titles and order them and have them so that you can study properly. Inshallah ta'ala will continue next week then.